Oh my goodness, welcome to the first episode of of the Emergency uh, GX Hockey Plus Cast, episode 5, even though this is the first emergency one, but I have to absolutely, oh I kicked over my water, it's okay, it's in a bottle form, it's okay, no water on the ground. Um, wait, I have to, I have to, bro, I mean, one of the biggest trades I think I've ever seen just broke out last night at fucking 11pm last night, I bet all the NHL analysts and everybody was really pleased to hear about this news coming out. Out so late in the night now me personally I'm a bit of a night owl so it was uh, it wasn't that big of a deal for me I was just like whoa it's broken at it's breaking at 11 p.m. I mean the videos were already starting to come out across YouTube and and Twitter so I figured I'm just gonna let let everyone say their piece and, and whatnot and I honestly haven't gone through and watched any uh, opinion videos. I'm just gonna go off and and we'll I'll have my own opinion about this trade but if you haven't heard about it already um, Matthew Kachuk has been traded to the Florida fucking Panthers. Can you believe it? For Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, a prospect, and picks were also swapped. I'll pull up the full trade here just so we can get the full the full context. Okay, here we go. Uh, the, the Calgary Flames received Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, uh, Cole Schwind, who is a 21-year-old prospect. Uh, he was a third round third round pick. And on top of that, they also get a 2025 um, first-round pick. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a huge haul for uh, the Calgary Flames. Uh, the, the Florida Panthers receive a fourth-round pick on top of Matty Kachuk. And Matty Kachuk did sign a, uh, a extension, an eight-year extension. We'll talk more about the extension in a minute. But uh, let's try and break down this deal because, wow, I um, I didn't see Florida coming. I'm not going to lie. I know they were in the mix. I heard their name was in the mix. But, um, wow, dude, I was way off in, in my prediction of how much Calgary was going to get in this trade because I think overall, dude, they did pretty i don't know if there was a better if there could have been a better trade out in the market right now than what calgary flames got i mean you're getting jonathan huberdo who's one of the most he just he gets a ton of points he's a he got over 100 points this season he's been one of the most underrated uh players in florida let's just run over a few of his seasons here i mean just this past season in 80 games so this is a career year for jonathan huberto he's just coming off a career year 80 games 30 goals 85 assists 115 points so boom there you go uh jonathan uh huberto is gonna come in and he's gonna fill in that slot the johnny goudreau slot he had 115 points. You know, he scores a little bit less goals than than uh, Johnny Hockey does. But Jonathan Huberdeau is a 100-point player. Uh, I don't know if he's going to continue to be a 100-point player for Calgary. We're just going to have to wait and see because there's still a big hole there in Calgary in the, in, uh, the form of, uh, well, they need another top winger. And uh, I know Lindholm is the center, so that's I think he's a solid top-line center. So I guess he'll be centering Huberdeau. But uh, they still have that hole of Matty Kachuk to fill in. Uh, but the, at least the Johnny Goudreau thing is a bit settled now. So I'm hoping at least Calgary Flames fans out there feel a little bit better after after all this. I know it, it it's not easy going through. <laughs> like I can't even imagine. I've never lost two superstars on my team of this caliber at the same time within like a week of each other. It's absolutely unheard of. I mean, Johnny Goudreau walks. And then right after that, 
Matty Kachuk says he wants out too, and the speed that this all happened was like really alarming and 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 just really interesting. Uh, like the Johnny Goudreau thing thing happens, and then out of nowhere, like Matty Kachuk wants out, and reports coming out that the trade is going to get done within within a week, and it shockingly did. And I'm still sitting here like trying to process all this i'm still like wow i can't believe how fast this all just happened and and thankfully so just so they don't have to drag this out all summer and everything uh i would have been fine with it because it would just make more content for me to make for hockey because but I, i'm thinking more about like all the other hockey podcasts that are shutting down right now or are currently shut down and now this big thing just broke so like is 32 thoughts gonna come off a of vacation to talk about this trade i have no idea because they just shut down their podcast last week uh, Steve Dangles are still going. They have they just did a podcast the other day before the trade broke, so they're probably gonna have another uh, little podcast just talking about. It, I would imagine, but holy shit, dude! Like um, overall, so I'm trying to piece this together as best as I can. But overall, man, this is an incredible haul for uh, the Calgary Flames. Uh, yes, you lose Maddie Kachuk, but uh, look at the return, man. I mean, you get a player of at least equal scoring talent as uh, Kachuk. I would say Huberto is a better scorer, like point producer than Matty Kachuk. We all know that Matty Kachuk brings a lot of variables that are very coveted in the NHL right now, meaning like he brings a lot of that snarl, he hits, he's a leader, he's all these things, right? He's just the, the intangibles that uh, Kachuk brings. Uh, you know, I, I can't see any team in the league not being interested in having something like that, but there weren't a lot of teams out there that could, uh, could give Kachuk what he wanted. And, and overall, it seemed the best fit was going to be a team that can give him an eight year deal. And there weren't that many teams out there. I heard names like the Vegas Golden Knights were rumored out there. I didn't hear any deals offered from them, but I know they're in the mix and I don't even know if they're actually in the mix more so than like, it's just uh, default that whenever there's a big player on the market available, Vegas is in on it. I don't know if they actually were. I didn't hear any offers out there. Um, it would be insane if they if they were to add uh, <laughs> Maddie Kachuk to that team. Like, I think right now, like I don't know if Maddie Kachuk would even want to go over there. They seem to be having some real issues over there right now in Vegas, and like. Uh, they just love to get the the big hot new toy the biggest free agents they've been grabbing them up and sending off players to the sun without any without any worry like Marc Andre Fleury like they grab this guy they they put him on a pedestal he's a king he's a god in Vegas and then they sent him off to Chicago for nothing and like it was just a huge slap in the face so I didn't really believe Vegas really had much of a chance of acquiring him uh like they would have to send a Mark Stone over there and like Mark Stone is an amazing player, but in comparison to Huberdeau, he's young. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone was topping the the Florida offer. I mean, clearly with the offer that Florida just sent to Calgary, they wanted him bad. They wanted him really bad. I think um, they have a really sour taste in their mouth after that that four nothing sweep to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the second round this year. Uh, Florida took a pretty large step uh, organizationally. Uh, they they finally made it to the playoffs uh, again. They're starting to get there more consistently. Their players are their their offense this year was dy dynamic and just dominating. Their offense was so fucking stacked this year. They had so many good offensive weapons on that team. And then I mean I mean yeah they had a little bit of a slip up there with Joel Quenville, 
but uh, they, they recovered very nicely with their new coach, and they went off, had a great regular season. They did get out of the first round, which was uh, the, f- the first time since 1996 when they went to the finals that they've made it out of the first round. So sadly now the Leafs are uh, holding that record now, not the Florida Panthers. So, But then the Florida Panthers get to the second round. They got absolutely stomped, absolutely stomped. I don't know if it was just the hangover of getting through that first round finally and maybe they got a little complacent and uh, lost a little bit of focus, lost uh, focus on, you know, what what's next. It's not, okay, we made a round, but there's still th- three more to go. We're not even close. It's, it's great that you made one round, but yeah. Uh, Florida clearly wanted this dude. Uh, giving up Huberto, I did not see that coming at all. Like, I thought... Uh, I never thought that Huberto was going to go, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, the guy has one more year left, and uh, he was he's about to get paid a lot, a lot of money uh, from Florida, and um, it's not that I don't think they were willing to pay Huberto and that they don't like Huberto, it's just... Uh, they have enough of those kind of players on the team, you know, very offensively gifted uh, players. And Kachuk just brings that dynamic, that piece that Florida must be thinking that they could really use. Um, I mean, Matty Kachuk is without a doubt one of, if not the best winger in the game right now in in uh, just overall numbers. I mean, he brings just about every, almost elite numbers in every category. Uh, Matty Kachuk is a really good player, man. Uh, Florida, I think you're going to enjoy him very, very much. Uh, Matty Kachuk, I think, is going to enjoy living in Florida for the next eight years. Uh, I don't know how much the no state tax really had to do with this, but I mean, Florida teams win again. They get another amazing player for a pretty, pretty nice deal. Uh, let's talk about it for just a quick minute. I'll bring it up again when we talk about more signings, but right now, I mean, uh, Matty Kachuk signs a eight-year extension coming out to $9.5 million per season, so they lock up one of the best wingers in the game for under $10 million. I mean, there's, I, I think that's solid. Um, it may be a lot of money right now, but I mean, Kachuk just came off at a 100-point season, 40-goal, uh, 60-assist player, uh, I think he, he could even get more points than that, quite possibly, here in Florida. Uh, they're more offensively minded of a team than uh, the Daryl Sutter. Uh, they're, in Calgary, they're a lot more defensively minded and hitting focus because that's the Daryl Sutter system. But uh, now going here to Florida, I can see Matty Kachuk hitting 100 points again. I don't think, uh, like if he stayed in Calgary... For example, I don't think he would have hit 100 points again necessarily. Like, especially, okay, well, especially if Johnny Goudreau wasn't there. I don't see him hitting 100 points. But without a doubt, this guy is a point-of-game player, 30-40 goal scorer. So he's an elite, elite winger, one of the best. And and to lock him up for under $10 million, you know, I, I uh, cringe a little bit being a Leaf fan because we have three contracts over $10 million, which is, uh, yeah, that's uh, fantastic. And I think uh, they're going to get full value out of that contract. I don't think I don't think there's going to be a single problem with that full eight-year deal unless something absolutely horrible happens, like injuries. But on paper right now, this looks like an incredible deal uh, for Matty Kachuk. Did Florida give up a little bit uh, much? I think so, yes. Uh, it was a massive price. We're still not done breaking it down. We'll, we'll keep talking about it. Um, uh, they gave up, uh, again, another... Uh, a top winger in the game, 
and Jonathan Huberdeau, top five winger, I think, without question. And then uh, Mackenzie Wieger on top of that, who is a solid top four defenseman. So he's going to slot in right into the top four of Calgary. They already, I already feel like Calgary has one of the better defensive cores in the game. Uh, they didn't have Tanov this playoff, which was a massive blow to the team. Uh, ask any player on that team on their exit interviews or whatever. Whoever brought up Tanov said, like, how important that guy was to the defensive system and uh, the fact that they didn't have him against Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl did uh, did them in pretty well. Uh, who knows what would have happened with Calgary if they had Tanev fully healthy through that run, but that's the way that playoff goes, man. Almost every team is going to go through their playoff run with injuries, so it is what it is. You can't always, you can't ever bank on your team being fully healthy throughout a playoff run. That's just not really in the cards. It's not overly how that works. Um, so yeah, they give up on top of that Mackenzie Weger, who is, he's a very good defenseman, man. I have to say he is quite good. Uh, I know a lot of teams were interested in him. Uh, let's just take a look at some of his stats uh, over the last. So this past season here, he had a very nice season. In uh, 80 games, he had eight goals, 36 assists, 44 points. He was a plus 40, uh, 81 pims. So he brings a little bit of that. He's not he's not shy to hit and 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 battle in front of the net. He's a very quality top four defenseman. Uh, he had a very nice addition for the Calgary Flames here as well. And then on top of that, they do get a prospect and a first rounder. I don't know much about Cole Schwind. Um, like I said, he's 21 years old, center, 6'2". Uh, he hasn't played very much. If anything, he played three games with the Florida Panthers this season. Didn't get any points. He was a minus four. So uh, Florida Panther fans out there, if you're listening, uh, let me know what you guys, if you have any opinions on this player, uh, if you have any info on him how what what do you think he projects to be i'm not sure i have no idea i haven't looked him up um a third round player you know i don't know if he's going to be much better than you know maybe at best a third line center in the nhl one day bottom six player so again just another piece to the trade uh to sweeten it up and then on top of that they get a first rounder in 2025 and um dude the amount of assets that the Florida Panthers have given up um, over the last year is pretty uh, shocking. I actually, I have uh, the list here of the amount of stuff that they've given up. Um, okay, so here we go. So for Matty Kachuk, 20 games of Claude Giroux and 20 games of Ben Sherratt, the Florida Panthers traded away Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, former top 10 pick Owen Tippett, a first-round pick in 23, a first-round pick in 24, a first-round pick in 25, third-round pick in 24, and two prospects. Holy shit, dude. That is a bunch of assets now. You look at that on paper. This is a team that is 100% in the belief that they are going for it. Uh, I think they're going for it. Uh, if whatever they have left, man, they're going for it again this season. They went for it last season. I think they realized some mistakes. Uh, they lost some things. Um, they're they're definitely going to be focusing more on a playoff run than than focusing on the regular season this year. And uh, yeah, dude, that is a shitload of assets. But that's the kind of thing that a team going for it who truly believes that they're Stanley Cup contenders that's the um, that's the price that they're willing to give up that's the price that teams in the past have paid uh, for these kind of uh, trades and to try and build a team up like this I mean look at the Tampa Bay Lightning how many first rounders they gave up for players like like Coleman and uh, Goudreau and all those kind of guys and look what it gave them it gave them two Stanley Cups and damn near a third one they, they did it again uh, giving up first round picks for uh, 
uh, the Paul guy from Ottawa and, um, and another guy, but, uh, it didn't fully work out this time, but they've been giving out first round picks like Halloween candy. And, uh, you know, in the long run, it's going to hurt them someday. They're, they're at some point, you know, that, that cupboard is going to start, uh, getting more and more empty for the Tampa Bay lightning. But thankfully they filled that cupboard up so well over the last, like a oh, fuck. I don't know. They've been drafting so well for so long now. And uh, the Florida Panthers themselves have have done some pretty decent drafting themselves. Um, I can't really pull out many names, but I know that Lundell kid that they drafted. Uh, he was in the first round, but he was picked fairly late in the first round. He seems to be an absolute stud of a pick. Um, they have they have the they have the players that they need. Uh, they feel like Kachuk is that final piece, hopefully, to get them over the top. Uh, how do what do I think about that? Do I think that the the Florida Panthers are I think they're definitely in, I would put them in that contender spot of Stanley Cup contenders for this coming season, for sure. I mean, they got the goaltender, man. I mean, Bobrovsky isn't the most elite goaltender in the world, but he's uh, he's solid. He's overpaid, absolutely. But he's a goaltender that I think you can trust uh, to hold your team up through a playoff run. I think he, he wouldn't be detrimental. Detri- detrimental. Uh, he can be at times, but I, I think he's been pretty solid for Florida so far. Uh, their defense is fucking stacked. I know they just lost Mackenzie Weger, but they have Ekblad back there and uh, other guys. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on their on their squad right now on on the defensive side. But there's good defense there in uh, Florida, and then their offense is one of the best, if not the best, in the game. Even with losing Huberto, they brought in another hundred point player to replace that. So if anything, their defense may have gotten a little bit weaker, but their offense stays the same, except adding. Uh, just more of a, a tougher player like Maddie Kachuk. Who would you want to play in a seven-game series more? Do you want to go up against Maddie Kachuk for seven games straight, or do you want to deal with Huberdeau? Both of them are are a nightmare to deal with. But in a, in the long run, like Maddie Kachuk is going to crumble you. He's going to get in your head. He's going to be chirping you. So these are things that Huberdeau didn't necessarily bring to the table. Uh, one of the most gifted offensive players. I'm not saying anything bad about Huberdeau. I think this is incredible. And uh, on the side of the Calgary Flames, what do I think about them? What, what? I mean, yes, they lost uh, Goudreau and they lost uh, Kachuk, but they did add Huberto and Mackenzie Weger. So I don't think I think the Calgary Flames are are yes, they're a different team now. Uh, if they happen to be able to add Nazem Kadri, then without question, I think this team is still in con- in contention for a Stanley Cup. Do I think they'll win it? Uh, who knows, man? Like it's really hard to tell, but I would still put them. Even with the the losses of Kachuk and Goudreau, I would still put them in there, man. Like, adding Mackenzie Wieger, I think he's going to fit in lovely with the Daryl Sutter system. I think he's going to be a very effective defenseman for them. And uh, Huberto, man, I, I think he's going to be just dandy. He's an amazing player. Maybe it's going to take him a hot second to uh, feel for the system, the new system of Calgary, because he's been a lifelong player in Florida. And, um, but who knows, man, like Huberto is going to be without question, the, the leading man there on the offensive side, he'll probably be running power plays. He'll be the, the number one stick that the puck is going to be going to, or, or he's going to be one controlling a lot of it now. Cause he's such an amazing passer. So, uh, he's got guys there in Calgary to pass to, I mean, Lindholm is a goal scorer. They got Mangiapane who is a goal scorer. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I understand Calgary Flames fans. If you feel upset still, I I completely and fully understand. Um, But hey, 
on the bright side, if you guys are looking for cheap jerseys, I think right now, if you ever wanted that that Calgary Flames Goudreau or that Calgary Flames Kachuk jersey, keep your eye out on the websites out there because they you could probably get them for very, very cheap. I got a, a Jumbo Joe Thornton Toronto Maple Leaf jersey for I think it was like 40 bucks after he got after he left and went to Florida and like I love Jumbo Joe Thornton and yeah it's a Leaf jersey and he had a, he, a quick cup of coffee here in Toronto one season but I don't give a shit man like I love the player and and the fact that he happened to make a pit stop into my team and played for my team I I love owning that jersey and I love my jerseys so um yeah I'm I'm definitely going to be on the look for uh Flames uh Coutreau or, or Kachuk jersey. I'm, I'm a big fan of both of those players, and I'm a big fan of Calgary Flames. I know it's a bit of a sore spot, but, uh, yeah, I need a Flames jersey. So if I, if I can find one cheap, uh, fuck yeah, I'm probably going to grab one. Uh, so overall, who do you think win, wins this trade? Uh, honest to God, I think Calgary comes out uh, squeaking ahead with this one a little bit. Now, the big problem is with this with this trade. So as far as I know, uh, Huberto does only have one year left on his deal, and so does Uyghur. Uh, if, if, if it's not that, uh, then maybe Uyghur has two years. But regardless, Calgary Flames still have a bumpy road ahead of them. It's not over yet. Now they got to worry about re-signing Huberto. And re-signing uh, Mackenzie Weger, they have the money now. Money, I don't think, is an issue. It's just the the Canadian market as a whole, Canada as a whole, is a big problem right now. Uh, as you can see, you know, players are leaving. They're walking away from Canadian market teams. Uh, it's it's really bad right now. You know, with the whole COVID thing, like players just want don't want to deal with. Uh, being separated from their families. Uh, a lot of this comes down to family decision. It's not so much financial. Like, the Flames offered both of those players more money, and they went to other teams. It's not that the Flames didn't have the money to pay these players. It's just they're... The stadium fucking sucks. They uh, that for years now, the poor poor Calgary has been battling with the government to try and get a new stadium there. Their stadium is over thirty years old. It's very very old. It was made in the fucking eighties for the Olympics. It's an i one of the most iconic buildings. We all love to see a red, but I mean, like all these other teams, even the, the team right across the fucking street from them, Edmonton Oilers, get this brand new multi billion dollar arena. And the Calgary Flames are still sitting over here, or just Calgary, the, the people of Calgary are sitting here with this dilapidated building that they're not even allowed to have proper uh, concerts in their in their, uh, in their province in, in Calgary because the, the building is so out of date. Uh, new acts can't even get their fucking their equipment into the doors and, and have it on the stage because it's too big now. So Calgary's got to get something done, dude. Like... And, and I hope that, like, it's sad that it came down to this, but with these major stars leaving Calgary, hopefully that pursues or, or in, uh, encourages uh, Calgary to look more into this and, like, seriously get this done. Because in the long run, it's going to be so good for Calgary, the city, and the people, and everything. It's going to be better for the NHL. It's just good. I know it costs a lot of money, and it sucks so hard that, like, it's got to come out of the people's pocket as much as it's coming out of the billionaire's pocket, which I don't really want to get into it sucks but overall we all know that the the build a new building for calgary would be it's just has to get done it has to get done like let's stop fucking around with this thing and just get it done so we can start having proper concerts for the people of calgary they're great people it's a great city i think uh, calgary needs this more than anything right now if uh, excuse me if they can come out and say Hey guys, I know we just had a one of the worst weeks we've ever had in a long time, if ever. 
but uh, we did what we could. You know, we brought in a, another superstar. We brought in some defense to shore it up. We're doing what we can. Um, at least can we just start talking about the building and start getting that ball rolling in a positive way again? Because I think right now, more than anything, Calgary Flames fans need some fucking really good news. I know you got some good news here with the Huberdeau thing, but it, it still stings, dude. I'm not, I, I still feel bad that you lost two of the most like popular players in, in that place. But again, Huberdeau, go out there, uh, start looking up what jersey number that Huberdeau is going to be wearing. Let's get fucking Huberdeau jerseys. Let's welcome this guy in. Go out and get a Mackenzie Weger jersey because he's fucking unreal. You guys are going to like him very much, so I think. But, um, yeah, dude, we, they also, we just got to figure out, I hope, again, like for Calgary Flames fans' sake, let's get fucking Huberdeau locked up. Uh, I don't care. Just get them locked up. Let's get them locked up for over five years. Both of them, Mackenzie Weger. Let's just get some, some, uh, Let's just get some solidarity, something. Let's just, uh, I'm trying to find the word that I want. Let's just get some, uh, what's the word? Oh, when you don't want to lose your job, you know, you, uh, security, security. Let's get some security for those Calgary Flames fans. Let's show the Canadian market that we can still get these players to stay. Uh, it would absolutely break my heart if it goes through this season and, and uh, Huberto ends up walking at the end of it and, and Uyghur. But uh, it's a Band-Aid fix for now. It's a, it's a really nice Band-Aid. I mean, Huberto is a really, really nice Band-Aid, guys. He's a really nice Band-Aid. Um, so uh, what the fuck do you guys think about this trade? How are you feeling? If you're a Calgary Flames fan, how do you feel about this? Like, your opinion to me matters the most. My buddy Kyle is out there. Uh, he's he's a Leaf fan, but he's like me. We both dig the Flames a lot, and I was asking him how it feels. And it's, it's surreal, man. It's really kind of like, uh, almost like a dream right now over there in Calgary. Like, people are, are just fucking like, they just kind of can't, can't believe. Um... Yeah, okay, I'll just uh, talk to you a little bit about that. Let me see once again. Okay. I was just, uh, I'm, try I'm talking to my buddy Kyle right now, and I'm just seeing if he had any questions for the podcast, but I'm basically answering it right now, so it's okay. Um, yeah, dude, uh, they got to get these guys signed. Uh, it won't be cheap. It definitely won't be cheap, especially Huberto. He's going to be looking for a shitload of money. He's been one of the most underpaid players in the league for, for a long time now. Uh, I think his cap hit, ha, cap hit is still under $6 million in and around there. So, yeah, it's a bargain. You're going to get Huberto for a bargain this year. But, uh, yeah, let's just get that security done. Let's get deals done with these guys as soon as possible. And please just, just let it be, like, over five years uh, just so we can get some, some of that security here for my Calgary Flames peeps out there. Like, I fucking feel for you guys. Like I said, please uh, hit, a, hit us up at the... At Twitter on at uh, GX Podcast ninety three, uh, follow us there on Twitter. If you got any thinks or thoughts, you know, drop them there at the on Twitter on my YouTube at Gamer GX Videos. You can let me know your opinions there. I'm fucking dying to know what you guys think. Uh, this is one of the biggest uh, trades I've ever think I've seen. This is absolutely massive. Like two massive superstar talents getting swapped here. So dying to know what you guys think. Okay, um, after that. There was also um, a couple trade offers that were rumored to be out there. I just want to go back and look at um, some of the, tra the, the trade offers. So one came out of St. Louis, and I just want to talk about that one really quick. So before I talk about the St. Louis deal, my prediction, so in the last episode, if you didn't catch it, my last video, 
Uh, we were talking about this at the time. It was just kind of a rumor. So I was, I played a game and I was like, oh, okay, let's make a trade scenario for St. Louis and the Ottawa Senators. Two teams I thought would be fun. If Kachuk was going to go somewhere, I thought it'd be fun if he went to those two teams. So what I had written down for St. Louis offering to get a Matty Kachuk was uh, Ryan O'Reilly or Braden Shen, a first round pick and one of their top prospects, Perunovic. So... That's a pretty hefty, hefty price, right? But in comparison to the Calgary Flames deal, it's fucking absolutely dog shit, right? And apparently the the actual offer that came out of St. Louis was Jordan Cairo, a young uh, center uh, for the for the St. Louis Blues, a very dynamic forward, had a very good season, uh, a little inconsistent, but uh, for the most part, he had a very, very good uh, season, damn near point of game, very good. And uh, they also offered up Tory Krug, uh, very good offensively minded defenseman, not very big player, but very speedy, good passing. Uh, there was also su- supposedly a 30% retention on the Tory Krug contract. And I believe they were throwing in a first and a second, something like that. So that was the offer reportedly coming out of St. Louis. And yeah, if you compare that to the deal that Florida just offered, I think Florida blows that deal out of the out of the water, and I completely understand why the Calgary Flames rejected that deal and went with the Florida one. Because even if Florida was just whispering like Huberdo, Huberdo, I mean that that alone tops uh, Jordan Cairo without question, and any yeah, pretty much any player on uh, St. Louis. I don't see them being able to offer up the quality, uh, the superstar talent, the superstar level of Huberdo. So. Sadly, St. Louis, you don't get Matty Kachuk. It would have been so fucking cool if you did. I, 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 I could have seen you guys absolutely cheering in the streets, going absolutely banana for this guy joining the team. Ottawa Senators, I mean, what I had for the Ottawa Senators was um, Drake Batherson and or Formenton, plus a high-end prospect like their... Um, uh, they have a bunch of prospects there in Ottawa. Bernard Docker, uh, Jake Sanderson, I feel like is untouchable, but you know, uh, him, uh, they have Eric Brandstrom. They have a couple defensive prospects there, but Ottawa's really hurting for those defense. So I feel like they want to keep them and then picks. So I didn't hear any offers out there for the Ottawa senators. Uh, again, they don't, they do not have the, the, the talent of a Huberdo to offer up in comparison. So the price would have gotten like very, very big. And uh, more prospects and more picks would have had to been added on to pry away Matty Kachuk. So I don't think it was in the cards there for the Ottawa Senators either, sadly. So I'm sorry, Ottawa Senators fans. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we're ever going to. We're not going. We're at least we know we're not going to see the Kachuks playing with each other uh, for a very long time. They both just signed eight-year deals respectively with their teams, Ottawa and now the Florida Panthers. Um, it's pretty cool that they're in the same division, though which is excellent now they're both in the east so now that that's going to be a bloodbath man with uh you know if ottawa can start you know that team takes that next step and they start coming becoming competitive those are going to start being must watch hockey games the florida versus ottawa games and you tell me that fucking like five six years ago i'd been like what fucking florida panthers versus the ottawa senators is going to be must watch hockey are you fucking insane but that's i it I gotta. I want to see this so bad, and then not to mention, I mean, 
uh, Florida versus Calgary games this season are going to be must-watch. Columbus versus Calgary is going to be must-watch. And even uh, Florida versus Columbus is going to be must-watch because now we get to see Kachuk versus Goudreau for the first time in their careers. So that's going to be really fucking cool, right? So there's a lot of fun shit coming out of this. Um, I know NHL people are very used to having loyalty out of their players, but this is a really fun thing because I also, I watch the NBA a little bit and the NBA is so different compared to the NHL, especially when it comes to loyalty contracts, their length of contracts, how much money is being thrown around and the amount of blockbuster deals that, that happen in the NBA are, are mind blowing. They happen very commonly. They happen all the time. I mean, James Harden got traded last season, like, holy fuck. And like in the NHL, it's a very rare occurrence. Like I can't, uh, I can't think of a trade off of the top of my head as big as this one since like Shea Weber for fucking PK Subban, and that was a long time ago, dude. That was a long time ago. That's superstar for superstar. We don't see that very often, but in the NBA, it does. And I'm starting to see like maybe that's starting to flip a little bit. Uh, in the NHL, maybe a little less loyalty, uh, maybe a cup, maybe now and again less longer-term deals, maybe shorter-term, higher-money deals are going to start becoming more common. It's hard to say because we we have numbers of what the salary cap is going to be over the next two years. We have some ideas. We we are aware that it's supposed to make a pretty significant jump over the next two years. So we're going to start seeing contracts structured differently um, to kind of. Uh, go with that salary cap jump. So you might see some deals over the next year or two that are rather maybe more expensive than someone might expect, but that's because the salary cap is supposed to go up quite a bit. Or you might start seeing more one to two year deals on players that maybe you're expecting a longer term deal on just so they can work out a new contract for when that salary cap money is coming into the league. So then they have an opportunity to ask for more money, right? I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, it's a business. It's 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 people's jobs. It's their livelihoods. Uh, I, I never am going to rag on a player that's out there looking for money. I completely understand it. That's, that's the way it is. I'm not going to dog a guy going out for looking for money. So like I said, just don't be surprised if we see, like it could even happen to Huberto, for example. Like what if Huberto ends up just signing like a two year extension for like 10 million dollars walks him to that to free agency where every team's gonna have an, an influx of like five to six seven million extra dollars on the salary cap and he's probably gonna want a part of that i think he's gonna want a piece of that because he's been underpaid for most of his career so far and he's gonna be looking to cash in on his big payday rightfully so uh, so that's something we need to be wary of over the next uh, couple years here. Just uh, uh, contract structures and stuff. They're going to be maybe looking a little bit different. And hopefully we start seeing more of these trades like uh, blockbuster deals. Like I know it's a, it's a sore spot for us here in Toronto, but um, seeing this happen with Maddie Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau, American-born players, uh, we have to be aware that Matthews, American-born player, doesn't have much longer to go on his contract. And, you know, it's been out there for ever since he signed his five-year extension or whatever that, you know, oh, Matthews is just going to walk after 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 that contract's up. And, yeah, dude, it's an absolute reality. It's a 100% it's a a possibility. He absolutely can. He can absolutely walk away. Now, I don't think he's actually going to walk away and go to Arizona because in a couple of years, I don't think Arizona is going to be in that state. If he does, he does. It is what it is. I'll be absolutely sad, but I'm still going to be an Austin Matthews supporter and fan without without question. I, I love him. 
Uh, I'll be devastated as a Leaf fan, it, but um, at least now we, you know, at least we're we're watching it happen live with Calgary first. So, you know, yeah, um, maybe we can get something one day for Matthews, or maybe he fucking signs the eight-year extension with us next time. I mean. Matthews seems like a bit of a different cat, you know what I mean? Um, he seems to enjoy the spotlight. He seems to enjoy being like a celebrity, uh, more so than your average player. He really embraces it. He's buddies with Justin Bieber. He hangs out with that entourage. He He's big into fashion. He likes to get his face out there. He does stuff. Um, he, he goes to UFC events. You know, he's on TV. Uh, he's just more out there than your average NHL player. Like... You know what? I don't know. It, it makes sense to me, right? So, you know, with that being said, though, you know, it would make a lot of sense for him to go to a team like L.A., who is without question on the rise right now. Things are looking very good for L.A. Um, it's a great place for players to go if they are looking for that privacy because um, you can be the, the biggest NHL player in the game, and if you live and play in L.A., more than likely people aren't going to know you that well because it's L.A., man. There's a lot bigger fish to fry in L.A. than an NHL hockey player. I mean, alone. I mean, NBA players are way more popular, well-known, actors, influencers, all that kind of shit. So you fly pretty under the radar playing in L.A., even if you are one of the biggest stars in the NHL. So... I guess, you know, it's it's hard to say, man. You know, two years is a long time. Matthews can go through a lot of shit. Things can change. People can change. Um, if I had to put put uh, a, a, a thought out there right now, I would think that he's going to stay with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't think we're going to have a problem giving him the money that he wants. Is Austin Matthews going to be that guy that really wants to get paid like the, he wants to be the highest paid? He could very well ask for $16 million, max out his contract. We don't know. We won't know until it happens. But um, I still feel confident even watching <laughs> all these American players leave Canada and players leaving Canada in general. We still have time. We can fix this, hopefully. And, um, you know, all it takes is one good run in the playoffs for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Say we make it to the third round this year. Uh, that could really, you know, influence Matthew's decision. Or if we get eliminated in the first round again this year, or we don't fucking make it and have a really bad year. Yeah, that's probably going to influence Matthew's decision a lot into re-signing with this team or not so it's out there y'all i know you don't like to hear it but it is what it is you know matthews may not stay as a toronto maple leaf his whole career it may happen but let's just focus on him being a leaf right now let's cherish the moments that we have with awesome awesome matthews right now and um yeah dude let's just um but on, on top of that on top of that matthews could very well become the greatest leaf of all time in his remaining time frame like without question he become the greatest leaf of all time or hopefully let's just pray that maybe he's like really 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 close to breaking a lot of those records in leaf franchise history and then that convinces him to stay like dude you can be without question the greatest leaf of all time you can have the most goals you can have i mean you probably aren't going to outpoint out assist Mitchie Marner he'll he'll be right there with you but Mitchell Marner signed up long term so you're gonna have that guy dishing you and he's been so good so again it's there's a lot of variables and things that can go into Matthews re-signing or not I think the fact that Mitch Marner's here signed long term uh, as long as we keep him happy uh yeah it, it'll definitely also help Matthews influence Matthews uh decision to stay uh who's a better passer and there's not many guys better at passing the puck to Matthews than Mitchell Marner is so uh yeah it would uh, that would definitely I think lead into one of his decisions and uh speaking of the Toronto Maple Leafs 
Um, I know it's already done. Matthew Kachuk is not a Maple Leaf. Uh, I never thought he was going to be a Maple Leaf, but I was on Twitter and a lot of people are talking about the Maple Leafs and what they could have done to uh, make a deal work with the Calgary Flames and get Matty Kachuk. So I just want to... I want to uh, play the game. I'll play the game. It's 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 just ha- we're just having fun here, folks. Let's let's just be calm, be cool, baby. Um, so initial offers out there before the Huberdeau thing came out were something like William Nylander, Rasmus Sandin, and a first. And I'm like, of course, me as a Leaf fan, I'd be like, ah, dude, absolutely. But like that that on paper doesn't work. Like we wouldn't have enough money to re to re-sign Matty Kachuk. So. That deal doesn't really work out. You would have to add in some more, like a Justin Hall, maybe even a Jake Muzzin, something like that, just to make the money work. So I don't, I don't see, I didn't see a William Nylander deal working out uh, for Matty Kachuk. Personally, like the best I could throw out there would be like William Nylander, Jake Muzzin, and a first. And is would Calgary be like? I think the St. Louis offer is better than that. Uh, Tory Krug is a younger. Uh, defend more, much more younger than uh, I wouldn't say much more, but younger than Jake Muzzin, and I'd say a better defenseman. I think is fair to say uh, they're very different kind of defensemen. So I don't know, it's kind of hard to say, but I'd say Tory Krug is on paper better than Jake Muzzin. I would want that Tory Krug more than Jake Muzzin, and then Jordan Cairo and Willie Nee. I mean, that's pretty fair. They're pretty. Willie, they're both young. Uh, Willie got got some term on that deal at a pretty nice cap hit. He's a very good player, man. He's a very good player. His only problem is is his consistency, and uh, he's from the area of Calgary, so it would be a really good fit for William. I mean, he would be great. I think he'd be a great fit on Calgary. I would just hope that uh, maybe he could ditch those consistency issues and be like a consistent 35, 40 goal scorer maybe for the Calgary Flames. That would have been sick, but um. Yeah, that's what I would, uh, the best offers I'd be hearing on the William Nylander front. But here's the other one that I've been hearing. And um, people were offering up, would you do Maddie Kachuk for Mitch Marner? Straight up. Or maybe it would maybe even have to take a little sweetener out of out of Toronto. Who knows? Or maybe even a sweetener out of, out of Calgary. But let's just say, theoretically, we're doing a one-for-one Mitchell Marner for Matthew Kachuk. And let's just say... Uh, let's just say attached to Matty Kachuk would be a eight-year, $10 million deal, okay? Because we're going to add extra $500,000 on there for Canadian. Just for, it's a Canadian team, Canadian market, okay? We're actually add a little extra money. So the Toronto Maple Leafs don't lose that that third uh, $10 million plus dollar player. So we still have one, right? Okay. So would you do it? Would you do it? I'm asking you, and then I'll answer it myself. Would I do it? Would I do it? Fuck, man. I know it sounds so tempting on paper, because I know right now the Toronto Maple Leaf fans out there feel like that's the exact player we need. We need the grit. We need someone who'll battle. We need someone who'll get dirty. Who's someone who's an asshole who sucks to play against. Shit like that, right? Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Um... But to give up Mitchell Marner, I mean, I know people, how people feel about Mitchell Marner. My wife hates him. She hates the fact that I, whenever I mention his name, she just cringes at, oh, I, she just hates him so much. And, you know, I have an up and down roller coaster relationship with Mitchell Marner myself. I mean, he came into the league. He was the most adorable, lovable guy of all time. And then the whole contract thing came out and we saw that kind of. I don't know, I just kind of got of a two-faced nature in a Mitchell Marner. Like, okay, oh, he was this happy-go-lucky kid, but there's actually, like, a a dark underbelly behind it. And it's not the money that really pisses me off. It was just the fact that, like, 
all leading up to this, he was claiming, like, I'll do anything for this team. I'll do whatever it takes to win and all that stuff. And then he put us through that and, like, kind of handcuffed the team and put us in a bad situation. So I lost some disrespect for the player for doing that uh, only because he said that he would, you know, work together with us here. And then he fought with us and, and brought up all this stuff about, you know, I know that... Babcock did some fucked up things to him. I completely understand that. And, like, he didn't get the rookie bonuses that Matthews was getting. But you have to understand that Matthews isn't you, Mitchell. Uh, Matthews is a franchise player. He's a game changer. Um, I mean, look at it on paper, dude. Like, Marner was here before Matthews, and he didn't drag us to the playoffs. Matthews showed up, and he drag he took us right to the playoffs right away. Um so I just think Matthews is a, is in that that S tier ranking, you know, that McDavid, Crosby, Matthews, like those guys, and Mitchell Marner is right underneath them at that high high end elite player, some of the best without question. He's one of the best. Um, uh, but overall, dude, like it's the chemistry. The only thing that I hang on is the chemistry between Matthews and Marner. It's so special, dude. Like. The passing that those two have, the chemistry that those two have on ice, they're one of the best, like, w with those two on a line, they make one of the best lines uh, in the NHL with Matthews, Marner, and, you know, throw on Bunting, throw on Johnny T once in a while, throw in Willie, throw in Kerfoot, it's still going to be one of the best lines in the game because it's Matthews and Marner, those two are disgusting together, and then on top of that, the power play abilities that Marner brings to the team is unquestionably like it's it's so important like he's so he's the straw that stirs the drink on the power play and not on not only that he's also one of the stirs that straws the drink on the penalty kill Mitchell Marner I don't care if you like yeah he's a tiny guy but he's extremely effective on the penalty kill dude he's He's been on our penalty kill for a long time, and he keeps getting better. He's a very solid uh, two-way player. Not a people, not a lot of people talk about that, but he's solid, dude. He makes great defensive back-checking plays. He does that stuff. He's he's effective on the penalty kill. He he's dangerous on the penalty kill. Like having Marner out there is like you know it makes teams uh, think twice when Marner's out there because at any point he could steal that puck and boom, he's gone. He's gone. And the Maple Leafs this season get got a lot of shorthanded goals, if not the most in the NHL, one of the most. So the, he's very effective in in that. Um, it just makes teams think tw twice on the power on the penalty kill, and and they honestly had one of the better penalty kills that I've ever seen the Toronto Maple Leafs have in my 20 years of watching them. This was one of the most. Uh, enjoyable penalty kills I've ever seen. So on top of that, Mitchell Marner provides uh, such a aspect to our penalty kills. So I, I don't watch Matty Kachuk anywhere near as much as I've watched Mitchell Marner. So honest to God, I I'm keeping I'm keeping Mitch. I'm gonna keep Mitch. Um, it may it may shock a little bit of people, but I just think that that dynamic between um, Oh, man, I don't know, dude. That's so, such a hard question because not only that, but Maddie Kachuk and Matthews have connections, man. They grew up playing in the U.S. developmental system together. So these guys are buddies. They're, they know each other. But, you know, Maddie Kachuk just doesn't. I know he put up 60 assists, but I just like Maddie Kachuk is an amazing player, but he definitely doesn't have the, the dynamic uh, passing ability that Marner brings. Uh, I don't know much about his defensive game. I don't know if he was playing on the penalty kill there in Calgary. So I don't know that. So with that said, I know Mitchell Marner is paid paid a little bit richly uh, than he's worth, but not that much. It's not a game. It's not a... It's not breaking the team to be paying Mitch Marner this much. It would be breaking if Mitch Marner was being paid that much and he was putting up like 
70 points. But the fact of the matter is, the guy's one of the best scorers in the game. So he's earning his money. He's earning his money. Yeah, it's a little bit rich. It's a little more than we wanted to pay him because the salary cap was supposed to be going up, but then COVID happened. So it fucked the whole Toronto Maple Leafs salary cap up. But um, to answer that question, um, I'm going to stick with Mitchell Marner. Um, that's just how it's going to be, man. I'm just going to stick with Mitchell Marner. Yes, I would love Matty Kachuk. I would, if Matty Kachuk was a Toronto Maple Leaf, if they did trade Marner for him, regardless, I'm buying a Matty Kachuk Maple Leaf jersey right away and uh, putting up, putting it up gladly on my wall. And I'm going to keep my Marner jersey that I have. And, and that's that. That's that. Um, I'm still going to be, I'd still keep in touch with that player and watch him and be a fan of Mitchell Marner. But yeah. I just like him more as a Maple Leaf man because, I mean, he's a hometown kid. He's always wanted to play here, so he's a very passionate player. I know he disappoints us in the playoffs, but this year, man, he, he did take a step forward. We can't take that from him. He did what he did great in the playoffs. He had an amazing regular season, and uh, I think he's still only getting better. So, yeah. Me, personally, I'm going to keep uh, my, my Mitchell Marner. Uh, but I'm dying to know what you guys think. Please tell me, what would you take in that deal scenario? Even though it's done, let's just have some fun. Are you guys taking Matty Kachuk over Mitchell Marner? Please let me know. Again, hit up, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, GamerGX... 93 gx podcast 93 on twitter sorry i'm still trying to get the handle properly i'm working on it y'all if, if you need anything all the links are going to be down in the description so uh if you're looking for where to find me just look down in the description it's all going to be there for you baby okay um i think we may have talked about i think we talked about uh the trade enough i didn't expect to talk about this trade for 50 minutes but here we are uh let's move on to uh, some of the signings that happened in the NHL. There were a couple signings, so let's go ahead and dip into that. Just got to get my uh, thingy opened. Okay, here we are. Where did we leave off? So we left off at July 19th. So July 21st, we got Nino Niederreiter signing a two-year deal worth $8 million total, coming up to $4 million per, and he signs with the Nashville Predators. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. I'm a fan of Nino Rider. I'm sad that he didn't get to stay in, in uh, Carolina. I thought he was a good fit there. But um, I think he fits in very well with uh, the Nashville Predators as well. I think that's a good fit for him too. I, I kind of compare Nashville to like a lighter version of the, like the Western uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they got good goaltending, great defense. Uh, not... They don't have any one superstar necessarily on offense. They have a very good player there, yes, and Philip Forsberg. So does the Carolina Hurricanes with Sebastian Ajo. Um, people consider those players not superstars, um, but definitely very, very close. So I, I, I see them as kind of similar style teams. So I think Nino Niederreiter is going to be a great fit right away for them. It's uh, only a two-year deal, so I don't see a whole lot of risk into this. It appears that um, Nashville still believes that they're contenders here uh no i don't believe they're going to be in contention for the stanley cup i think they could uh make the playoffs with uh as long as uc Saros uc sorrow stays uh healthy uh i think they have a very fair shot at making the playoffs without question uc sorrows pretty much got them there uh roman yossi had one of the greatest uh defensive seasons i've ever seen a player do in terms of points and just overall play it was one of the greatest seasons I've ever seen someone do. Uh, so they have a solid team there. And Forsberg signed. They add more offense now with uh, Nino Niederreier. So I like the signing. Uh, good for Nashville. 
After that, we got Kasperi Kapanen, former Leaf, not a big deal, uh, re-signing with the Pittsburgh Penguins. We got a two-year deal, $6.4 million total, coming out to $3.2 million per season. Yeah, that's fine. As long as Kapanen can stay healthy for the Penguins, it's a fine deal. Again, this is so, see, as I was saying earlier, we're going to start, uh, excuse me, we're going to start seeing these um, two-year deals, right? Because I'll take these players, some of these players that are maybe making $4 million right now, but at the end of this uh, contract, they're going to go into a free agency market where there's going to be more uh, more money available to these players. So maybe he gets an extra million dollars next time. Maybe Nino goes up to a five, five and a half because there's just more money in the NHL to throw around. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that. Um completely forgot what I was talking about. Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah, so as long as he stays healthy, it's a pretty good. He's an insanely fast player. He can be utilized very effectively on the penalty kill and and power play, absolutely. With that speed alone, he just brings that that speed by dynamic. He's not the greatest finisher on the team or, you know, he wasn't the greatest finisher as a Maple Leaf either. He has that. He is a, he is capable of 20 goals. So again, as long as he stays healthy, I can see him easily putting up 20 goals, especially if he's on the wing with a Crosby or Malkin. I can easily see 20 goals, 40, 50 points maybe. Again, it mostly comes down to how healthy he's going to be. But overall, uh, not that big of a risky signing at all. I see this being a completely fine. Uh, Flurry signs a one-year uh, league minimum deal with the Calgary Flames. Bob Quist, Bo, Bo Quist signs a one-year $875,000 contract with the New Jersey Devils. And now here we got a big one. We got a big one, folks. Uh, Patrick Line. So he was one of the big ones out there, one of the big uh, restricted free agents out there in the market. Uh, the Columbus Blue, Jacket, Blue Jackets get a deal done with Patrick Line, coming out to a $34.8 million deal for four years, coming out to an absorbent cap hit of $8.7 million per season. So what do I think about that one? Uh, this one I see being a little bit risky, just a little bit, not very. Um, it's a little bit rich. It's a little bit rich on paper right now just because of what Liney has kind of been over the last few years and not so much the player. He had a fine season. Let's just take a look. I just want to double check on that season that he had here. I, I felt like it was pretty solid, right? Oh, let's just, uh, can I get the, can I get the full season? Can I get career? Here we go. There we go. Okay. Oh, well, fuck. Yeah, that's not bad at all. In 56 games this year, he got 26 goals, 30 assists. 56 points so he put up point a game missed a lot of time though so that's not the best um the last time he put up 40 over 40 goals was in 2017 2018 where he put up 44 goals and he's only cracked 30 once since then which was in uh 2018 19 so it's been four se three seasons three four seasons since line a has been a 30 goal scorer so at that almost $9 million cap hat, cap hit, it kind of is comparable to Jeff Skinner. Uh, no, I don't think uh, Jeff Skinner is a better player than Patrick Laine. I think Patrick Laine is still a better player. And on top of that, he still has the upside still. He's still fairly young. He's just got to find that consistency. And uh, 
you know, now that he's locked in here in Columbus, we don't have to, they don't have to worry about the contract anymore for a while. He's got Johnny Goudreau there, an amazing passer, an amazing player. He's got Voracek there, an amazing passer, an amazing power play specialist. I can see line A, again, health has to come in consideration. If he can play a full season or a more full season, you know, he almost hit 30 goals uh the past season and and missing almost 30 games so i can easily see him hitting 30 35 goals uh this season as long as he can stay healthy that is the big key here is health and um yeah we just got to start seeing that consistency out of line a like i remember that one fucking month he had all those years ago probably that 44 goal season where he scored like 18 20 goals in like a month it was a fucking insane it was one of the hottest goal scoring sprees i've ever witnessed and then he just went ice he went ice cold which is common common with um snipers to do that but for it to go that hot and then that cold was like a little bit like wow what the hell and then all the stories about line a with like you know his uh just attitude problems not that he's like coming in being an asshole just more of like his um I don't know, maturity towards the sport. He doesn't take it as seriously as maybe people want him to. He likes his video games. He likes the game. Um, yeah, dude, he's a, he's a human. I mean, he he doesn't take hockey as seriously as, as other NHL players did. But I'm just saying, if he did, then yeah, I could totally see Line A hitting 40, maybe even 50 goals again, like someday. Like he was... At the beginning there, it looked like without this guy could be the next Ovechkin, right? Like, he was right up there scoring goals with Matthews. But, uh, yeah, that that's definitely died down uh, since that, that happened. The Matthews draft, the Matthews or Line A. That comparison was drawn at the time that, oh, maybe the Leafs take Line A. But um, I'm just going to say thank God that, that never happened. We ended up with Matthews. He's uh, the better goal scorer, the way better player. But uh, Patrick Line A, congratulations, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets fans. Fuck yeah for you. You get Patrick Line A signed up. That's just another... Uh, just another win for you guys like i'm just happy people are signing here uh i feel like more on the columbus side that they didn't want to give patrick liney the eight-year deal or more than four years right just because of those things that i just talked about the inconsistencies the attitude problems just in case that kind of thing happens maybe he goes off a cliff again someday and doesn't continue on the projection that he's doing right now and doesn't really become that 30 goal scorer and maybe he taps out at like 20 25 goals yeah this is going to be a pretty disastrous contract but as it is right now i think uh i think it's going to be fine it might be a little pricey but it's only for four years and i think uh as long as he's putting up at least 30 it should be okay i think it's fine okay so more contracts that was the kind of the biggest one right there uh and then we get we get the the Pat, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois signs a one-year, uh, $6 million contract with the Winnipeg Jets. He's going to be staying for now. As far as I understand, he um, he uh, he took the qualifying offer uh, from the Winnipeg Jets. So Winnipeg offered him the money that they had to for a qualifying offer, and he took the $6 million. So <clears throat> it might be out there that no one was willing to give this guy more than six million dollars so he's gonna take it and uh the jets are gonna uh don't know what they're gonna do with that don't know if they're gonna hold on to this player for the season uh doubt it because that would just be really bad asset management uh this can just be something to extend their their time frame and work something out with uh more time so it may be something they're not looking to rush right now um uh, uh, you know, there's. I think there's definitely going to be ongoing talks with the Montreal Canadiens about this. So maybe we see a deal come out soon here for Montreal. 
and uh, acquiring Pierre-Luc Dubois. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. But uh, my feelings are still the same with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. I'm still pretty upset with this player and the way that he's been treating uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets over the past and now the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, not cool, dude. After that, you get uh, Vakaninen signing a two-year deal with the Anaheim Ducks. Financials right now are not released, so I'm guessing it's a pretty small league minimum style deal. And then the big one, Matty Kachuk signs a six million or six, $76 million. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Millionaire Club, bud. You want to give me a couple bucks? $76 million for eight years, $9.5 million per. So I already talked about this earlier, but again, I think this is a great deal great deal for the Florida Panthers being able to get one of the best wingers in the game for under 10 million dollars I think is a straight up victory that's amazing great deal eight years I don't think there's going to be a single issue with the eight-year uh, term on that deal uh Mandy Kachuk is gonna be very very happy in Florida very happy for him uh good shit dude good shit and then uh one more signing so far uh Gabriel Velarde signs a one-year $825,000 contract to stay with the LA Kings. Uh, he's still a young prospect. Um, had some hype around him. I remember he dropped very far in his draft. I, I remember him was supposed to go a lot higher, but his draft stock dropped and uh, he fell way, way late into the first round. Uh, another one of the players that I thought the Leafs were going to sneak and grab up, but uh, it, it wasn't meant to be. So uh, returns to the LA Kings. So that's all the signings. Uh, that's all... Um, yeah, that's and we're, not all the news though. Not all the news. We're not done on the news. Okay, I'm actually quite. I'm surprised I'm getting this much of a video. Good for me or video, not podcast. God damn, it's a podcast. Doing a podcast. Okay, so uh, just a little note on the last video. I mentioned uh, investigative reporter Rick Westhead and uh, the current scandal that's going on with uh, Hockey Canada. Um, I hope you guys uh, took some time to go ahead and listen to that podcast. It's still available if you haven't, so just make sure you go ahead and go over there. Especially if you're Canadian, this is extremely important to us as Canadians. We should absolutely be aware of what's going on right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, just quickly, I'm not a, I'm not a news reporter and I'm not an investigative reporter, but just the cliff notes. Uh, Hockey Canada is a part of a scandal right now. Uh, eight players that were in the Hockey Canada program, uh, junior players, were involved with uh, a rape of a, a young woman, and uh, now the the story is is, is coming out. And um, no names have currently been released on which players have been involved. Uh, people are starting to piece the puzzle together. I'm not going. I'm not going to make any speculations or rumor and innuendo on that fact. All that I care about is that people need to be aware of this. I know that the situ. It's not that I don't care about the situation. The situation is horrible. Um, I'm just. I'm not out here to attack anybody and and bring out names until they come out themselves and it's all addressed in 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 the end. Um, I just don't want to throw any fuel on the fire other than I want you guys to be aware of it. Uh, just know that, you know, overall, this is just a huge blow to Canada in general and to hockey as a whole. Like, uh, I personally, as a Canadian am extremely embarrassed and just ashamed and disappointed in, in this news coming out and the fact that it's not over yet. Like, uh, yes, this this happened, but now like more and more things are starting to come out. There's there's word out there that there is uh, a similar a similar thing that happened in 2003. So again, we just don't know what's going to come out. But uh, this is probably just the beginning of uh, something really really horrible. That's the more and more horrible stories are more and likely bound to come out from this. 
and uh, we just need a change, man. We need a, we need a change, and uh, this is the time. So uh, support these articles, read them, tell your friends about them, and just make everybody aware that you know the the Canadian government, the hockey programs, all this stuff is uh, it's it's been hiding things from the Canadian people for a long, long time. A lot of people have suffered at the hands of the Canadian government and this hockey program, and they've been given shut up money to not tell their story and like. Sadly, that's a small band-aid in in the short run in that hot moment. But as these people go on, they may not re- they may realize that the money doesn't help the issue, and there's something much bigger at hand here. And that that bigger issue is that you know they've gotten away with it for so long and and hidden these terrible stories from us for so long. And I'm just so disgusted and so just disappointed and ashamed uh, that this has been kept from us. That. You know, we have uh, people have unknowingly given money to these programs and have inadvertently, unknowingly helped with these lawsuits, shutting up these cases so that they don't get out to the public. It's shocking. It's disgusting. I hate it. I'm. Uh, I, I just can't get over the fact, like how upset and and disappointed I am uh, hearing this news. And um, what I want, I want change. I want. I want. Uh, reprimandation. I want. I want these people to be getting in trouble. Uh, we we can't. No, I don't. Money isn't going to make this better. I don't care. Like like money's great and everything. You can give them money. Absolutely, they deserve to have some money for their pain and suffering. But what needs to be done more than anything is is change. And we got to change everything. We have to change the way that that programs are run. How how people what people are running it. Everything needs to be changed, and uh, I hope this is the start of that change. Uh, we're starting to see small things starting to change. Um, all I ask of you guys is to please go out there, do your research, do your due diligence, read the articles, support these people in their fight against the Hockey Canada. Don't let Hockey Canada win. Don't let them get away from this. Don't let them hide. Don't let them try and cover this shit up any longer than they have already. Let's, let's bring this out. Let's get it out there in the air. We need to fucking air out this dirty dirty sickening laundry and and get over get ahead of this and start fixing it and stop hiding from it because it's fucking bullshit and i'm pissed off about it so please just go out there and uh look this up and be aware of what's going on and um let's do everything that we can to uh make it better and fix this because hockey needs to be great and uh, hockey isn't supposed to be for the boys club. It's not supposed to be for a certain demographic of people. And yes, I'm in that demographic that the NHL serves to. But I am open. I want everybody in it. I want I want African-Americans. I want Indian people. I want every authenticity, whatever. You know what I mean? I just want everybody included. No one should ever feel discluded from a sport. It's a sport. It's, it's and, and the fact that it's, uh, you know... It's sad that, you know, money has to get into this and it and it becomes so business and corporate because that's what takes the the greatness of what it intends to be out of it because then it just all resolves everything revolves around the money. It doesn't matter about the person. It doesn't matter about their emotions, their feelings, their life. It matters about the money that 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 company is getting out of that human being. It doesn't matter how they get it. They just want that money and as much of it as possible and as soon as possible, as fast as possible. So it needs to change. It needs to stop. We need to like, 
I just had enough of it, man. Like, I, I, I love hockey. I've been watching hockey for so long. And for so long, it's been so stagnant and such a disappointing league all in all. Like, with all the things that have happened over the years, the Black Lives Matter thing and, and how the NHL never gets in front of it first and is never the one taking charge and change. They're usually the one that changes last only because everybody else is changing. They don't ever want to change. They just have to change. So that needs to stop. We need to stop this. Let's just make everything inclusive and make it better for everybody. Make it more enjoyable and stop making it just about money. It doesn't have to be about making billions of dollars and profit for a, a small amount of people. That's not what it needs to be about. It needs to be about everybody. So sorry about going off on a long tangent there. I have a lot of thinks and feels and I'm, I'm very passionate about... Uh, this kind of shit, man. I, I'm all for equality. I feel like everyone should should get the same piece of pie and, and that kind of stuff as long as you're deserving of it. Um, you know, as far as I know, us NHL fans have done nothing to deserve this kind of treatment. And I don't believe the players themselves and the young kids coming up in these programs do not deserve this sort of treatment. Do not, do not deserve to have their lives dictated by a small group of people. It's sickening. Um, sorry. Okay, let's move on from that before I get too upset. Um... So uh, another small piece of sad news is a uh, goaltender from from the Toronto Maple Leafs programs, uh, Toronto Marlies, Ian Scott, uh, forced to retire at the at the very young age of 23. Um, sadly, he's just had a lot of injury problems. He's had hip problems, hip surgeries, and injuries that uh, sadly have just overwhelmed him, and uh, he had to sadly retire uh, from hockey. Uh, that does not mean that his life is over. No, it just means that uh, his professional playing career may be over. It doesn't mean that the door isn't open for him into hockey. He could go into other things. Um, all I want to say is that for years now, I've been rooting for this player. I've always thought, I've always pictured him as a backup goaltender, maybe even a starter one day for this team. Uh, he had flashes of brilliance. He looked like he could become something one day for this team, for the squad. And uh, I just want to wish him the best in uh, his future endeavors and whatever uh, is in the future for you, my friend. I hope that uh, it goes well for you. And uh, I hope your hip feels better. And I hope you feel better. And I hope you do take care of yourself mentally and all those great things. Uh, we're still all rooting for you here in uh, the GX the GX family, uh, podcasting family, which currently is just me and a couple buddies. But uh, we're fucking rooting for you, dude. We uh, I hope the best for you. I hope you can stick around to the, into the hockey program and... Uh, just influence people and, and, and maybe be a beacon of light for people to say that, yeah, maybe I retired at 23, but my hockey career didn't end here. It began, uh, you know, a new story began. So hoping for the best for you, Ian. Um, uh, sad to hear you go, man. That's just, that's just sucks to hear uh, someone that young retiring. I mean, I'm almost 30 and, and, and I couldn't imagine like something like this happened to me like this that long ago. Like it's kind of mind blowing when you think about it. Okay, so now we're done with all the down shit. I'm sorry that we took a little bit of a, a nasty turn there, but it is what it is, guys. I mean, uh, sh nasty shit's going on in the NHL and in Canada right now, and uh, it needs to be talked about. We can't just hide from it anymore. Like, that's that's all there is to it. We just can't hide from it. Um, but but in good news, uh, I have a cool story for you guys. Um, so I've, I've um, everyone has one of those movies that, uh, you know, or a book or a video game or whatever it is, a piece of media, TV show that like, you're like, no, I've never seen that. And everyone's like, oh my God, you never seen that? What the fuck is the matter with you? Everyone's got one of those movies, right? So I had one of those movies and I finally checked it off the list this week. And uh, that movie for me that I have not watched ever is The Matrix. 
The original, The Matrix, from 1999. 1999, bro, I was six, six, six years old when that movie came out. And uh, believe it or not, uh, if I did get the movie spoiled, it's gone completely over my head over the last 20 years. Um, it just, I never, it never, no one's ever spoiled it for me. It usually, it comes up, uh, oh yeah, I never watched The Matrix. And, and then you get the, what the fuck's wrong with you? Go watch that. And I'll go, okay, I will one day. And that day came. I finally watched it, and holy fucking shit. Unbelievable movie. Unbelievable. Now, I'm going to tell you, I was high as fuck. High as fuck, y'all. High as fuck. Not only on weed, but I took a big old helping of shrooms, magic, psychedelic mushrooms. And, um, wow. Um, I was uh, just talking about mushrooms. Um, I was planning on maybe doing a uh, summer series of uh, me discussing my um, my experiences with shrooms. And because uh, I have a lot of really decent stories, I think. I have a lot of fun experiences with shrooms that I think um, I'd enjoy talking about on a podcast. So if anyone's interested in something like that, I'll probably just throw one out there anyway um, in a few weeks or whatever once the hockey stuff calms down. Um, maybe I'll talk more about my experiences with shrooms um, just because I think they're really good. But um, they're also something that is not a toy, and I feel like I have uh, experienced enough with mushrooms that I have some information, some tips, tricks, have it uh, uh, for shrooms that I feel like I should maybe relay to people. So if anyone's interested in that, um, just hit me up on Twitter. Uh, link will be down below. There's probably an email address. If anyone's interested or maybe you've been on the fence about shrooms, let me know because I can report, uh, do a podcast and I can kind of give you an introduction to shrooms and uh, how my first few times went. And I can tell you some really funny stories about uh, some of the trips that I've had. But uh, speaking of trips, like I said, yeah, I was really fucking high uh, on shrooms uh, watching this movie. It's been on my uh, movie list for a long time, The Matrix, but uh, ever since I got onto Shrooms, I knew I had to do Shrooms and watch The Matrix, because it's one of, like, like the number one things you have to do when you're on Shrooms, is watch, like, a really trippy movie, so I did, and uh, it fucking went amazing, dude, it went absolutely amazing, and then it didn't went amazing, so let me tell you what happened, um, so I took the Shrooms, uh, we started going, we started rocking and rolling, started feeling funky, and um, so this is probably up, up until this point, probably my... 15th time roughly doing shrooms and uh so i'm starting to do higher dosages now and uh playing around with uh higher dosages just to see you know just to see where it goes and uh this time i took a large amount and a a very powerful strain of much mushroom and uh yeah she she kicked my ass a little bit but um on the climb up to uh the tippy top the peak we call it um i had an amazing time I started watching uh, The Matrix, and um, I never been absorbed so fastly into a movie. I the mushrooms were kicking in good, and I literally was put into the shoes of Nero or uh, Neo. Sorry, not Nero, Neo. And uh, I was I felt like I was in a first person movie. I was there. Um, Lawrence Fishburne is talking to me like I am Neo, dude. I'm Neo, and I'm like sitting there just fucking absorbing this i am so into this movie dude i am so i'm on the edge of my seat seat my mouth is agape my i'm wide open i'm just blown away by what i'm seeing and um <laughs> it keeps going like it just that the intensity of the trip is getting higher and higher and uh literally at a point 
the movie became an IMAX 3D situation, but without the IMAX 3D, you know what I mean? Like, um, so like their faces were like, it's so hard to explain when you, to someone who hasn't done shrooms without signing, sounding like a psychopath, but it literally was like watching a 3D movie with like a little bit of cell shade. Like Keanu Reeves face was not like looking human fully. Like it looked like he was kind of coming out of the screen and like I was getting the wavies, like shit was wavy. Um, yeah, my eyesight was getting strained. Like it was, uh, shit was getting funky with my eyesight. But at this point, dude, like the second that started kicking in, I knew that I was starting to have a real um, visual trip kicking on, which I haven't had very many of those. So I was just, I had the biggest fucking grin on my face. I was smiling so much and I was laughing so hard at Keanu Reeves. Whenever he talks, he's just like, oh my God, he's so intense. He's so intense and I'm busting. I'm fucking laughing so hard and... I'm smoking some weed, smoking some weed, and then the munchies kick in. I'm getting some munchies, which don't usually happen when you're tripping on shrooms. You don't usually get that hungry. And uh, me, when I do shrooms, I tend to not eat before I do. I want to do shrooms. So I, at this point, I didn't eat for like probably almost like 12 hours. So I was fucking starving. And I mowed down a huge old thing of nachos with cheese and salsa and I was fucking just mucking that. And I was like, num, num, nums. And I'm enjoying this movie, having a 10 out of 10. I literally, it was 11 out of 10, dude. It was, I was having one of the greatest trips I've ever had on mushrooms. And enjoying this movie so much. I've, I was so sucked in, so sucked in. And then I got, uh, I got the munchies a little bit more, but I wanted some sweets. I wanted some sweets. So I grabbed my ice cream. I got my uh, fucking Costco jug of it. This massive fucking... A uh, pail of ice cream, moose track ice cream, fucking so good, dude. And uh, I virtually kind of blacked out for a hot minute there, and I ate a large amount of ice cream, much more than I should have, and I got a bellyache. Yep, yep, got a bellyache. And uh, then the trip took uh, took it to the next level, uh, to a level of trippage that I haven't quite gotten to yet, or maybe wasn't prepared for. So uh, this word starts to get a little scary for me. Um, so I'm, I'm having this bellyache. And then I get, um, I completely disconnect from the movie. I uh, So I didn't fully watch The Matrix. I watched like the first two thirds of it. And then like, yeah, my trip got immensely intense. And uh, my bellyache kicked in. And that was just making my uh, my mentality go pretty bad, which led to uh, some bad things and thoughts on my trip. I uh, just couldn't grasp any one thought at all, dude. Like, uh, random words were just kind of, like, floating into my head. And I would repeat them over and over again. And, like, I just couldn't form a sentence. And I was trying to focus on the movie, but I just couldn't. And I was trying my hardest to, like, while I'm watching the movie, I'm, like, you know, trying to think of, like, a script in my head. Like, I'll script things out in my head. Because I was like, oh. I'm loving this movie so much. I'm I'm 100% going to be talking about it on the podcast. So I'm thinking about, you know, podcast podcast stuff and at this point now like that's gone. Like I can't even put together a sentence. I couldn't even put together a sentence like this movie's really good. I couldn't even get that far, man. It was like one word and then I'd be like gone, 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 gone and like it literally got to the point where I thought I was I was gone and never coming back. <laughs> it, like I freak I was freaking out, man. I was freaking out. But um 
I'm also like I'm I'm a bit of a psychonaut and a drug uh, veteran. I've been doing uh, weed for a very long time, so I'm very and I'm very good at taking drugs. I go into drugs with a very great. Uh, open mind and I'm aware I'm on drugs so I'm not going to jump out of a window and shit so I knew I was freaking out and something was wrong so I, I all I did was like okay just sit still you know wait this one out we'll wait this out we'll work it out and I'm just telling myself in my head you're okay you're okay you're on the couch you're safe it's okay and uh then like that disconnect would happen where like it's hard to explain, man. Just completely disconnected from reality, kind of fully disconnected from my mind. I was out of control of it. Like, I had no control of the thoughts in my head, which is scary for me because I like to be in control. I'm a very in-control kind of guy. So uh, this happening was new for me, but it's, uh, it's a thing that happens when you take shrooms. Yes, absolutely. I just never really gotten this far out yet. So this was my first time, and I, I would have been fine if I just didn't have the bellyache, man. I would have I would have been one of the greatest trips I've ever had. But the bellyache, ice cream ruined me, dude. Ice cream ruined me. And, uh, yep, so I just went through that. It lasted, like, I, it wasn't very long. It was, like, 25, 30 minutes, which, yeah, kind of felt like an eternity at the time. But uh, eventually the movie was over, and I was just sitting there, still, like, very hazy. very I was basically drunk. Like, I would compare it to being drunk. Like, I couldn't walk straight yet, and I couldn't form a sentence properly. Like, I was slurring my words, so it was 100% felt like I was drunk, like, very drunk. And uh, I hate being, I hate that feeling. I hate being very drunk. So I wasn't liking it very much, but I was convincing myself, like, okay, we're pulling out. We're getting out of it. It's it, We're coming down. We're coming down. It's okay. It's okay. And uh, But I was still pretty out of it. Uh, so the movie was over. I was sitting there just trying to process what happened. And, um, yep, yeah, still at this point could not process. I was, like, tr having very large difficulties processing the movie that I just watched. I was like, I love that movie. All That's all I can... I was like, I loved it, but I, I had no idea what how the ending happened. So please don't spoil the ending for me because uh, I'm going to go back and watch it again and The Matrix 2. For that matter, I'm going to do a Matrix day and uh, do that again. But, um, yeah, I'm a little busy right now. So, um, so yep, yeah, I... Uh, pulling out of my stupor here and i'm trying to convince myself that I'm, I'm out of it i'm okay but i wasn't yet so i grab some coffee i have a coffee and um i go to play uh, earthbound and uh, i was listening to a podcast and dude like i was still so out of it like i i would like normally i can play a video game and listen to a podcast and focus on both of them no problem but this was like i'm playing earthbound and i'm like attacking the enemy over and over again that's not dying i'm like what the fuck is going on and i'm like oh i'm not even attacking it i'm just like defending over and over again so i'm like fucking out of it i'm not i can't understand the words that are coming out of the podcast they're just not hitting properly so yeah, that went on for like 45 minutes or so, and my wife was gonna be home soon. I was freaking out that like, um, not that like she knows that I do shrooms. She's just not she's not there with me yet. She doesn't she hasn't started doing shrooms. It's still it's still a big leap for her to get into the shroom thing. So like, you know, I'm not forcing her to do it anything. I just usually do it alone because that's it's just how I roll, baby. Uh, I usually don't, I wouldn't recommend doing shrooms alone, but um. I'm a loner and I like to do things alone and drugs is one of the things I like to do alone and so far I've never hurt myself uh, doing shrooms uh, sort of um, <laughs> that's another story I'll tell you about it on the pod on a shroom podcast we get there 
Um, but yeah, that can, so she was on her way, she was gonna be home soon, I was just freaking out that, like, I just didn't want to freak her out, right, because I knew I was fucked up, and I wasn't, I wasn't capable of explaining that properly yet, so I just didn't want her to walk in and see me kind of, like, sitting on the couch alone, uh, like, not really doing anything, and I would have just been like, yeah, I'm just processing a bad trip right now, and I'm just working my way out of it, so, like, but we talked about it, I talked to her, like, all night about it, and, like, it would have been fine, don't worry about it, but, yeah, I got out of my stupor, like, 20 minutes before she got home and then I was like really excited at the end when I finally like when that when the light clicks on there's literally like a light that clicks on when you pop out of your uh out of your uh weed trip it just like boom you're just sober you're like oh I'm done and I was like oh shit I just had my first bad trip and I was like excited about it oddly I know I'm a fucking weirdo right but um yeah I kind of had my first bad trip not as bad of a trip, like, in my books, it wasn't bad, it sounds a lot worse than it actually was, like, for me, I knew the day was gonna come, I was gonna, you're bound to have a bad trip when I, I do shrooms this much, I'm, ba I'm bound to have a bad one, and, uh, if, if, if this, if this is a bad trip, then no problem, baby, I can handle that, um, I learned a lot from from what I did the other night. I know I, sh I definitely shouldn't eat so much sugar or, or just so much food when I'm tripping uh, because that can lead to a bad trip. Uh, yeah, so um, that happened. Uh, the movie was fucking phenomenal from what I remember of it. The, the effects in it still held up very nicely today, if not looked better than some of the effects that are in movies today. The story was fucking so cool. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to go back and finish it and watch some more of The Matrix because there's a lot of movies out there. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in, dude. I am all in. Um, if there's any Psychonauts out there that are shroomers, I 100% uh, recommend you watch The Matrix high on shrooms. Don't get too high. Don't get too high like I did. Be, uh, you know, know your, know your dosage. Look up your dosage amounts and, and figure out where you lie because everybody in the world is different. Uh, like, for example, my friend who I recently got him into shrooms, he needs a lot less than I do to get that fucked up. Like, I took five grams and got that fucked up, he usually, he would need like maybe two, two and a half. So yeah, I, I've just been doing shrooms a lot longer than him. So my tolerance is a bit higher, but um, yeah, dude, it was a fucking hell of a night last night. I had a blast. It was a great time. Uh, I know that sounds weird considering I had a bad mushroom trip, but uh, overall, I would still give that overall trip a six out of 10 because uh, the first half, the first two quarters, three quarters of it was fucking phenomenal. It was just the down half that sucked. Um, yeah, dude, uh, I, I will probably talk more about The Matrix in the future. I'm happy I finally got to it. If you haven't watched The Matrix, man, 100% recommend it. Even though I didn't finish it, it's getting a fucking 8.5 out of 10. It's a must-watch, even today. It still holds up very, very well. So um, do yourselves a favor. Go out there and watch uh, The Matrix OG if you're one of the weirdos that haven't. I can gladly say that I'm not one of those weirdos anymore, so good job, me. Um, so that's it, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining me on this uh, emergency episode of the podcast. Um, I don't know exactly what, what's going to happen with this hockey podcast next week. I have an idea. I just don't know what kind of... It all depends on the news that comes out in the NHL over the next week. If, if there's enough stories that I can fill up a 45-minute to an hour-and-a-half podcast, then great. If not, I have a backup plan. And a little series that I want to do throughout the summer. I'm going to be doing some Leaf uh, season retro uh, retrospectives. Which uh, So the first one I, I plan on doing is the first season that I ever watched as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. So I'm going to be doing a retrospective on the 03-04 Toronto Maple Leaf season. Um, so we're, I'm going to go through the team, the year that was, all the trades 
prospects, all that fun shit. So if that sounds like a cool thing, um, keep, uh, you know, message me if you, if you think that's cool, all the links are going to be down below. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be really cool. I've been reading articles and, uh, it's I think it's going to be a really fun episode. I'm actually really excited to do it. Uh, so be looking for that in the near future. Uh, we'll be doing uh, Toronto Maple Leaf uh, season retrospectives. There's also uh, a Calgary Flames one or two that I want to do. Uh, so if we... All depends on how the season goes, right? Uh, we'll work it out. But um, the 0304 retrospective for sure. I want to do that for sure. If you have any... Um, like I said, uh, the 0304 is my first one as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. It doesn't mean that I can't do seasons before that. I would just have to do my research, and I wouldn't have like personal memories from that because I didn't watch it. Um, but any season after the 0304 that you would like me to talk about, maybe a personal favorite of yours. I was also thinking about doing the, uh, I think it's 13-14 season, whatever year we went to the playoffs for the first time and shouldn't have and got uh, destroyed by the Bruins I, I I would I know it's gonna hurt to peel back that band-aid yet again but I, I am willing and able to uh, go back and revisit that season in a retrospective so if that sounds like a cool idea to you guys just let me know and uh, on, on top of that uh, also let me know about the shrooms podcast um, I would probably just call that a gamer GX plus or a gamer plus cast we could just have that as plus it could fall under the category of just whatever else I do in life that I, I like to talk about and one of those things uh, I feel very passionate about is, is just magic mushrooms right now I have uh, a lot of good stories I could tell you guys about that so if you're interested in uh, me recording an episode or two about uh, my experiences and stories with mushrooms uh, psychedelic mushrooms not the food uh, that you put on like a pizza or something, you know what I'm saying? Uh, magic, psychedelic mushrooms, you want to hear some stories about that, let me know. Uh, I, I would love to do that. I think that would be a really fun time. Um, trying to think of other stuff. Uh, make sure you swing over to the YouTube channel. I still have my ongoing Let's Play of Resident Evil 7 going on right now. I believe that link is also in the description. Just make sure you go out there and give it a look. Uh, I've been uploading daily, so a new video every day on YouTube. Um, I'm going to be doing a wrestling podcast hopefully later today. I still need to catch up on my wrestling. So if the wrestling podcast is, is uh, not until Sunday, my apologies. I'm just uh, this this podcast I felt I needed to do first because it's so such a big news story. And uh, hopefully I can get a lot of viewers out of this. You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, we gotta, you got to get on the hot news while it's hot, right? I, can't, I didn't want to do this uh, podcast like on Wednesday when like it's already... A week, week's old news, you know what I mean? So uh, we're doing it today. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I just want to throw out a uh, personal shout out to my buddies, Billy, Jesse, and Kyle. Thank you guys so much for, uh, you know, being here with me and supporting what I'm doing here on the internet, my podcast, my Twitter, and my YouTube. All three of you guys have been supporting that. I thank you guys so much. My best buds in the world. Um, and, and to the rest of you that aren't my best buds in my personal life that, that are also following this podcast. We are gaining followers. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and following along. Uh, if you want to be in more contact and you want to be more a part of this community, follow Twitter. We're going to build a community over there and follow me on YouTube. Um, on top of that, the, the downloads have been very encouraging for this podcast so far. We're already well over 50, which honest to God, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but my expectations coming into this is that I wasn't going to have many more viewers or listeners than my buddies. So the fact that I'm getting like triple that amount of number is fucking incredible for me. So thank you again so much for listening to this. I love you guys so much and, uh, stay tuned. We're going to have a, there's going to be a video game podcast tomorrow, uh, scheduled for Sunday, uh, 
uh, make sure you check that out. Follow on Twitter. I gave you a sneak peek at what that video game I'm talking about is going to be. So please go ahead, follow me on everything. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Fuck yeah, Flames. Let's let's do this shit. Fucking, fucking no more Goudreau. We got Huberdo. They're almost the same name. <laughs>